Today's episode of The Rewatchables is brought to you by State Farm. State Farm agents know that in life, anything can happen. You might buy your dream car on impulse or come home to a broken apartment. Maybe say yes to a proposal from your significant other and start a family or find yourself in a fender bender when you least expect it. Whatever happens, when it comes to home and auto insurance, State Farm agents are there to help. With over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the U.S., there could be one just around the corner. Contact an agent today. No matter what neighborhood you're from or whatever stage of life you're in, check out statefarm.com today to find an agent in your neighborhood. State Farm, talk to an agent today. Also wanted mentioned a new podcast from The Ringer. Music Exists, hosted by Chuck Klosterman and Chris Ryan, launches exclusively on Spotify this week. Go check it out. All you have to do is search for Music Exists. And then follow it on Spotify and we'll pop into your Spotify feed every time they do one, including the three they're doing this week. These are deep dive conversations about all kinds of things in music. We are really proud of this podcast. Check it out. Hi, what is high, higher? What is learn, learning? What is higher learning? That's perfect. Higher learning coming up on the rewatchables. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. 18,000 students, 32 nationalities, six races, two sexes, one campus. Hey, let's see your ID. Now let us see your ID. Permission is power. Call security now! What's the matter? Time to raise a body. Damn it! No, 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 no! Higher Learning, a film by John Singleton. Rated R at theaters now. All right, this is the first episode of the Flawed Rewatchables, a little eight-movie series that we're doing. Wesley Morris is here, my old Grantland colleague from the New York Times. Our friend Van Lathan is here. What up, what up? Have you been on a Rewatchables? I have not. Wow, you're losing your Rewatchables, Virginia. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of them. They're great. So, 25th anniversary of this movie this year. It's a movie that every time it's on cable, I end up getting sucked in for a variety of reasons to at least, like, 10 minutes of it. Be like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can just start right there. That's amazing. Well, I'm mm-hmm. fucking weird. You didn't, didn't realize that I, until I, now? Um, the wonders just don't ever cease, is my point. This movie, <laughs> I don't want to say it's aged perfectly. I don't want to say it's aged even that well, hmm. but it's aged amazingly. Yeah, I was shocked. I it's It's kind of... I was blown away by how many themes are still so relevant in 2020 that Singleton was so desperately trying to tell us about in 1995. He does it clumsily. There's some issues with this movie. There's some fatal flaws that we get into. Wesley, what was your reaction when you watched it again? I was, you you know how it is. You, you always hope that the thing that you, that was a, maybe you didn't like the first time, you know, I saw this movie when it came out. And so I thought the time passing would make things a little clearer or I wouldn't have remembered them the way I remembered them. But no, it still doesn't work. Are you glad it exists as a movie? Uh, and as a movie that came out in 1995 during a really fascinating time in America and in Hollywood. Sure. I think that, what are we, 25 years later? I feel like the ways that the culture has sort of caught up with the movie is interesting. Huh. And or like the way that we That's we faint praise we were already mm-hmm. there. Well, but it's not nothing, right? Like like the idea that all of this stuff is happening, all of this stuff that is 
currently like in the White House is in this movie, right? That's that is that's not nothing. Like, mm-hmm. there's no Woody Allen movie that that's doing all this. <laughs> Van, what'd you think? <laughs> you know, you, it, you were emotional watching a it little was, bit. So it, it's interesting. I, I think my relationship to the movie was so during the time when when, when movies were real like cultural events for me growing up in Baton Rouge, we would go and see them and they was just like, oh, they were amazing no matter what. Then as my film palette sort of became uh, <laughs> a little bit loftier or, or more complicated, I grew to see the flaws in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, when I first saw Higher Learning or a lot of other movies like it, I was like, amazing. I loved it, right? But then as I started to see more films, get inspired by more movies that, from all over the world, blah, 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 all different times. I'm like, Highland is not up there with the rest of those films. As I watch it now, there are just so many things that I see that makes the film resonate with me. I, I see all Oh, it of, got better for you. Yeah. I, uh, like, I agree. I think it got better for me, too. Like, mm. it, like, it was, like, I, first of all, I look at a lot of even the, the talent that's in the movie, which the, the top-level talent is one thing, but then all of the familiar young acting faces of the day, Carrie Warrer, like, like, just Christy Swanson and all yeah. of those people like that, and just kind of seeing them around. Buster Rhymes doing this thing in the movie, which I don't remember having seen before this. Yeah. Then, just the commentary of the movie, it's weird. There's a mass shooting in the movie. Mm-hmm. There is violence against gays in the movie. There is a campus date rape in the movie. There is a struggle. Like, there's all of those things. In one film, well, you, you forgot campus police violence. Campus police right. violence. Yeah. Um, you white nationalism. The white nationalism, all in one film. Now, between these are some really, really campy and over the top scenes. And I think I'm gonna say this, and I hope she never hears this. I think the movie would have been forty percent better, four zero percent better, without Tyra Banks in it. She Ooh. is so criminally bad. Oh and my! Like, like she she is so, like she looks great though. She looked great. She went on to do some stuff, but every scene, <laughs> like every scene, is like, damn. I like that you're starting with Tyra. Yeah, that's an interesting because flaw. I I would I would there are like four other people that if I if I if I were the casting director and I took them out, I, the movie would be forty percent better. Like who? Uh, I think Whoa. all of the skinheads. I think all the Cole actors Hauser play. Is the, the Cole, uh, Cole right. Hauser to me Cole. set the skinhead standard well, pre-American history. Act. Are we do? Are we doing the Cole Hauser conversation now? We we can because we, <laughs> oh, okay. we can save no, no. it. I'm, we can we can save it. I'm but. happy to do it now because I think now let's save it. Let's save. Oh, let's it. Say, okay, I have we'll I have Cole thoughts Hauser. both ways. I yeah. also feel like I, I, this is a crazy thing to say. I, I I think I can say this knowing who this. We'll get to this later, but. I think Omar Epps. I knew you were going to say it. Omar Epps. Hold that. I know. I'm not going to do it. It's not, it's not the. It's Omar not. Epps. Like, you know. <laughs> he does he that. Was, but it was, remember now, this is early Epps. This is, what, what are you? Early Epps. Wait, wait, Young Epps. I mean, this is peak Epps. Well, not really. I would say peak Epps is loving basketball Epps. Like, that, all right, that's okay. We're okay. I we're, say, we're four years before Love and he's, Basketball. That's true. He's really good in Love and Basketball. And I wish he had been as good in this movie, would be my Omar. I think we're going straight from, uh, there's probably something in between there, but we're going straight from Q uh, and Juice, and this role just had a lot to it. Remember a role that, like, 
was for, I think, for Tupac, right? Yes. So, well, so, what, I w- so casting what ifs, which we usually do like halfway through the pod, I think it's impossible not to talk at the opening about that what if. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tupac is cast in the movie. They're in pre-production. They're about to actually start making the movie, and he goes to jail. Yeah. And they have to replace him last minute. And I didn't know this, I or I'd forgotten it. And I was doing the research before I watched the movie. And now I'm watching this movie thinking about him in that role. Right. And I don't know if we've ever really talked about him in the rewatchables. I thought he was an amazing actor. He I, was, I, I thought he yeah. was one of the five yeah. most interesting actors in that Just decade. Off the screen. I'm sorry. Like, in like terms I like Poetic of, Justice, yes. and that movie's yes. terrible. And it's, I only yes. liked it because of him. Because, yeah, I mean, he... He is the most exciting. He could have been because when he was in movies, he was the most exciting person in whatever he's he did. Even above the rim, he's the rim. most exciting oh, the rim. person. And above the, the rim, above, the, above the rim is a flat out great right. performance. By yeah, but above the rim, gridlock like they were like, juice, uh, juice like that's that's just flat out great acting performances by Tupac. Also, when you lose Tupac in this movie, there's a rumor I read about this that DiCaprio was in for Remy. Yeah, so I was unable. As you know, I'd like to do half-ass internet research for this right, pod. Right. right. Heard heard that one both ways. Both ways. I, mm-hmm. I, my wife and I were talking about that. I think that would be a really weird Leo role. That would certainly have no correlation with any role he's played he's ever. He's played so many racists. No, but not like at that point in his career when oh, he's doing right like then? Gilbert Gate, Grape and he's in the, well, but the Quick and the Dead and Basketball Diaries. Well, he's he going to be like a skinhead. He was going back and forth, though, because he was doing movies like the quick in the day where he showed up in these big Hollywood films and stuff like that. But he was also doing the basketball diaries and messing around with, so I could see him in the film. Well, the rumor that's on the internet, who knows if it's true, <laughs> is that he couldn't do it because he was doing quick in the dead, which was a bad movie. Well, that he pulled, I read that he says, it's how you know it's bullshit because now we have so many different things. I read that he completely lost interest in the role once he found out that Tupac wasn't a part of the movie anymore. Oh, Let's bring him out. Leo, come on in. <laughs> 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 um, but the Tupac thing, not only would this have probably been the most interesting performance out of all those performances, it completely changes the movie. It brings this level of anger and intensity to the Oh, it changes role. it changes the chemistry of everything. Every single every, scene. Yeah, every is scene. Different. Every the scene. Scenes between is him and Fishburne would have been yeah. there was like the oh, scene when Rappaport's yeah. po- pointing the gun at at Omar Epps. Yeah. That's too and and he's doing the thing where he looks at the gun like he's not afraid of it. But if you put Tupac in that in that exact scene. Searing. Well, and he's just like, he's staring daggers through that dude's forehead. There's also another important element that that I know is important to John Singleton as a filmmaker that he, he get and the other crazy thing, well, whatever, I'm not going to step on this in case it comes up later, but just I'll make a mental note. <laughs> there, sect is a really important part of the John Singleton experience. And not just the having of the sex, but people who can be sexy. And... He got that in Boys in the Hood. He obviously had it with Tupac and Poetic Justice, and he would have had it. I just think that Tupac changes the sex chemistry between him and Tyra Banks, if it's still Tyra Banks. I think also he makes every other person in a scene with him and anybody on the set maybe who who knows that Tupac's going to be in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Well, also you leave out 
or you didn't leave out, but it was going. By the way, it was but, going to be Tyra Banks. She was cast right. because he, Cause he saw was her. dating. He was dating her, right? right. John yeah, Singleton. So he was. Oh, after. So she was okay. going to be in the movie. He saw her on the cover of Essence magazine. Told his people go get her. And then I read about it. I read this yesterday. Her first read, he goes, "Wow, you're a fantastic actress." And mm. then puts her in the movie. We have lunch today. I think right. she's better. I think she's better than you. Did. I don't. I don't. I wasn't digging. I, it did, I didn't mind her either. So yeah. the other thing with Tupac. You have him and Ice Cube in the same movie at, in, in the mid-90s. Yeah. It would have been fantastic. At this yeah. fascinating point of both their careers. And it, you also know you're getting at least one song for the soundtrack. Yeah. Which I— the, With the, the soundtrack is but it, it, a miss. So something else about the movie is— I'm going to get you, Bill. <laughs> and it's, it, you, that soundtrack should have been incredible. The, something else about the movie is, for me, post-college. Like, when I first saw the movie, I was 14 or 15 years old. Mm. And then watching it again post-college— I related to so much of what I saw. Yeah. Like, even what I saw in Malik. You get there, and you think that college is all, all about partying and having fun, and then the first frat party you ha- you tried to throw, the cops come and they shut it down, and you go, well, why aren't you doing this to teats? And then yeah. you completely change your worldview in terms of how you're looking at school. School becomes this little microcosm of, like, everything that's going to be wrong with society for you going forward. And there's this weird little awakening that happens, and it happened with him a little bit more forced mm-hmm. and, a, and a little bit heavy handed. But like well, that was I got based it. on that was based on Singleton's USC experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this was I think the movie after Boys in the Hood he was the most excited to do. I think Poetic Justice was kind of the stopgap one. But there's that one scene when Ice Cube's looking around. And just describes it. And he's pointing out, he's like, there's Chinatown, there's under the border. Just take a trip around the world. Look there. Under the statue. You see them people? That's Disneyland. And there's Chinatown. And over there, that's south of the border. And this right here is the black hole. Because we black folks. And what you just described, I think that's one of the themes of the movie is that you go to college and everybody's supposed to combine, but actually the opposite happens and people are here and people are here and people are here. Yeah, that's that. Welcome. That's college. Yeah. Welcome to college. Uh, I saw this movie in college. This came out my sophomore year and we all got, into, I mean, this Jonathan Klein, one of my dear friends had a big orange VW bus. We, I believe we all got in it for this, but I know a group of us went. I don't remember how we got there because that bus was basically how we got to a lot of movies. We went as a group. But I saw this in, I want to say, North Haven, Connecticut. Oh, wow. And good it pizza. was a good most, mostly black audience. And the scene, I mean, I don't, the, the sex scene, the the bisexual Sort of ghost oriented, go back and forth thing. Yeah, sexy between among Jennifer Connelly, uh, Christy Swanson, and the the guy who plays what's that guy? Chris Wiles is that his Jason name? Wiles, Jason Wiles, aka Colin from Nine Hundred Two and O, who got Kelly Taylor hooked on cocaine. But keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the screaming and oh my godding in the theater when that sequence happens was. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. People were losing their minds at the idea that like, wait, there's not even a cut and Jennifer Connelly's mm-hmm. backing out and this and the dude is coming in and they're making it. It's like, what? She's bisexual. You know, it's just people 
people but they, it, it. but they addressed it in the movie. Yes. For all of the uh the, the power um and sort of the uh I don't know the virtue of Regina's character, there was a twinge Regina King. Regina King. Yeah. There was a, a twinge of homophobia there. And she was judgmental of her roommate when she thought that her roommate was having the same sex relationship. And something else about the movie is that that part is a very indirect criticism on black society. Yeah. That that exists right there for you to see. You see one person born through an awakening, experimenting, and you see the judgment from somebody who is her friend across the hall from her in that. And so... What? Well, it was 1995. I, I get right. it. I, no, no, no. I, I, I don't even think Ellen had come out no, on a TV like a, show yet. A year and a half yeah. after, two yeah. years after, something like that. But while I'm watching that and I'm going, he really wasn't fucking around. Like, just like for as the execution may have been what it was, but John Singleton in that movie is really no hero. Right. Everybody comes away a little fucked up. And that seems to be like one of the one things we can't get to in society today is the the realization that we're all a little fucked up. Right. Well, I'll give you... So well John, put. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> John, Singleton, John Singleton was on uh, Charlie Rose in 1995. That's a piece to my brother, man. At that point, he had made Boys in the Hood and he made Poetic Justice, who I think we all have a complicated relationship with that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's With Poetic Justice? There's some... Yeah. There's Janet some, Jackson looks amazing in it. There's some Tupac great things is, in it. There's some... Tupac's there's some, great in it and there's some really bad moments in it. It's, it's just, very rewatchable, though. It's very rewatchable. The music's getting in, all that stuff. Okay. All the stuff with Tyra Farrell in the beauty shop. Yeah, all of that. All so, of that stuff. It didn't ding him, though, that movie. I think I think people were still interested intensely in what his third movie was going to be. Boys right. in the Hood was such a revelation. He was so young, and that was such a moment in the early 90s. Like, oh, this guy, we need this guy. What's next for him? Then he makes that one. It's like, all right, kind of a miss, but... You know, it had its moments, and then this one was going to be his godfather, basically. Yeah. Right, well, John Singleton's. Black people wanted to see to whatever college. he did. Like, yeah, I mean, that, it that was, was that was. He, he and was, I don't. We he had been like he came because we had been doing the Spike thing for so long. Yeah, and you know, and Spike's movies are really artistic. But he was also <laughs> making like, like, they're, yeah. they're, like my dad would look at Spike Lee movies and he'd be like, "Yo, why are you floating?" <laughs> and, 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 and there would be no way to kind of divorce him away from that. Whereas when we went to go see Boys in the Hood, we were living out here when we saw Boys in the Hood. We went to go see Boys in the Hood. My dad was just, just got it. It was right. a little bit differently. So that yeah. John Singleton almost seemed like at one point he was going to eclipse that and kind of be the guy. I agree. Yeah. And so that's kind of where so we he were said, when he came out. Charlie Rose, he says in 1995 on the show, I am a black man in America. I have so much angst. So that's what I'm going to write about. And then he said, American college campuses are the only place you can see America in its purest form. So that's what motivated him to write this movie. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's interesting that uh, that's what made him want to well, write true, the movie. Well, it's true because it's, the, it's, it's raw, right? Like every nobody really knows. Nobody really knows what they should or shouldn't say. Or they think that like this is going to be the place where I learn what the lines really are. Mm. Or I'm going to learn how to draw my own lines. Or you end up plowing over the lines and then regretting it later. Right. But I mean, there'll be somebody there to check you. Yeah. And the thing that, that disappointed me in 1995 about this movie was that... It just first of all, it came out in January, so we'd all come back from 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 the holiday, mm-hmm. and we're all like, this was our first big group activity, and I think that we'd all um, 
it was a mixed group that wound up going to the movie. And we, we had, a lot of the black people had sort of been through, um, we'd all had an incident Word up. at some point it, yeah. in school. In in this particular, you know, in the in the in the year and a half we'd been there, and there'd been like campus wide incidents. There was something about Singleton's disinterest in in pacing and in in patience. Right, the movie is amped up from the beginning. Basically, mm-hmm. the minute Malik gets into the elevator with Kristen. The Christy first thing, there, yeah, yeah. With the she, the first, there's a close up. I mean, as you know, it's got obvious close up in case you 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 don't miss it, or in case you will miss it. He just has a close up of her clutching her purse, mm-hmm. and then there's a pan up to him noticing that, mm-hmm. and there's like a just like the lack of the refusal to even be subtle about it was something that kind of I bristled at. I mean, it's not better now, but at the time, I'm like, but it's not that obvious, mm-hmm. like. I mean, we didn't have the term microaggression in 1995. Not to my aware. I wish it wasn't have it now. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But what you realize, though, is the thing that a concept like that is getting at, which is like death by a thousand cuts. There is no there. I mean, there were incidents where things in this movie kind of happen. Right. But it's taking all of these little things and just like I don't have time to deal with the micro part. I just want to go straight to macro. I want to turn up. The, I want to turn the shit up to eleven mm-hmm. and Isn't just that keep the it there. The whole thing time. about Singleton, though, is that he doesn't just stay in the two shot. If she clutches the purse, there's such a better way to do that where it's subtle instead of like camera, mm-hmm. camera. I just wonder, and it like hits you over the head with it, which is the biggest problem of this movie. He's got he's got the bad. Also, out. he but he's connected. He's got skin in the game here. I think, like. uh, I remember writing a paper in college and the paper was about racism and the professor goes, I love the way you write. This is the worst thing you've ever written. It's the worst thing you've ever done. And she goes like, you are way too invested to like, to be this. It's you're all over the place. You're angry. You're mad. You're sullen. And it's all coming out. And I think for him, when he says that to Charlie Rose, his, it, you can tell in this movie, there is a point to make. There's a, some of the, some of the, 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 the scenes between Lawrence Fishburne and and Omar Epps, they are just overwhelmingly heavy-handed. Like he's right. the 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 general, when he calls him a sellout. Yeah, after he can't, uh, he calls him a sellout, a sellout and right. then he has to go and explain to him why he's a sellout. And there's actually a t- like there's a a break between older black generations and younger black generations, where younger black generations go, we're going to fix society, right? We're gonna fix society. We're gonna make sure make sure everything is equitable and fair. And the older black guys go, no. If you guys want to make it, you guys got to be better and more exceptional than the people that you're up against. Fishburne actually says that to him. He actually says, "Yo, run faster." And I'm like, it it just seemed like there was a point to prove in every single scene, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the story itself kind of got put on the back burner. Yeah, right. Well, so he said. Um... A couple years before he actually made this, but he knew he was going to make it. It's going to be hard because I'm pissed off. There you it's, go. It's going to be the first movie I do that has white characters because I'm going to have to deal with a lot of bigger issues, economic issues, issue of class, as well as race. And then in 2014, he said about Hollywood, um, they want black people to be who they want them to be as opposed to what they are. And somebody asked, were studios limiting your freedom as a director? And he said, they're trying to. They're always trying to. But even to that point, though, something I noticed about the movie now more than anything 
is that so the character of Remy, right? The character yeah. of Remy is an easier character character to write than what he wrote it. You can write a guy that comes from some rural area where uh, Idaho, uh, Idaho, who who has been racist his entire life, gets to a place, sees black people, and just realizes how much more he hates them than he ever thought that he did. So he goes and joins the skins. It's actually not what he wrote. What he actually wrote was a character who got to a place to he he wrote it like. Anybody that survives one of those nationalist movements will tell you that it happens. He wrote a wayward guy, a guy who couldn't find himself fitting in, a guy right. that you actually, your heart goes out to him. Yeah, he wanted to belong yeah, to he, somebody. And the first people that made him feel like he was better or at least equal to anybody else, he overcompensated. So even as, as much anger as what John Singleton had, he still made an attempt in the movie to represent everyone Fairly, fairly, right, yeah. right, right. It is, it is, it's like the problem with the movie is not its its perspectives, right? It's the fact that he can't control the anger is the presiding mm. emotion in this movie, and so I think what happens is I really would be curious to know. I, I'd be curious to talk to a professional film editor and maybe even a producer about what. That their roles would have. I mean, Stephanie Elaine, I'm sure would have. She's his long time. She worked with him for a long time. I think she even she produced this movie too. I wonder what what she would say she was feeling working with him on this film, because this is the sort of thing that I feel like you you can't you can kind of work it out in filmmaking. But I'm thinking a lot about how this movie reminds me in many ways of Jungle Fever, right? Mm. Like it is a it, Spike Lee. You like or not? Spike Lee Jungle Fever. I I do like Jungle Fever. I yeah. think that it's got a lot of problems, obviously, and a lot of those problems are structural. But there's so much going on in that film that allows Spike Lee to get in different moods depending on where he is in the film, and it isn't it isn't culminating. It culminates in things. But everybody's not going to the same place that some of these characters are, right? Mm. Whereas in this movie, it's weirdly like an Altman movie where you have all these characters just out doing, doing their, their thing. thing. Yeah. And then what happens, same way it does in Nashville. Black Altman. There's a there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a campus event. There's the Peace Festival mm-hmm. where this the mass shooting takes place. All the the skinheads, the peaceniks. The feminists, the 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 black militants, they all come together and wind up in this space together. Mm-hmm. And there's something about having to keep all of that, all of these, all the respective angers and ideologies on the same page tonally so that when you bring them together, it actually does feel like an explosion instead of instead like a fuse, you know, you're watching a fuse slowly reach the bomb he just, I mean, he's just standing there the whole time mm-hmm. with the with the TNT pump, right. just ready to just you know something's coming, right? Yeah. Um, but it isn't building to it; it just happens, right? In a, in a way, and it would have been great to sort of to experience the sense that you're like well, the will, tension is taking you somewhere. But like there, it it does start to the the sort of the campus sort of deal does rise, right? You start to see guys going back and forth and then there's a huge fight and then there's a gun and then there's all of these things. So the tension is rising and that's even why she decides to throw 
the big thing, which was, you know, obviously not going to go well. <laughs> but like, that's why she But every school Chrissy has Swift, that. Every school, every school, every school has it badly. as the solution, <laughs> yeah. as the solution to good, every problem. Yeah. Campus rape, racism, right. poverty, the, the, the uh, climate change. So right. Let's just, let's just so you're get saying it some musical acts can't solve it? No, yeah. well, not not he's, what, he's what band is Eve's Plum? Eve's Plum, Eve's Plum, vitamin C, a vitamin C appearance. I didn't even right. realize that. <laughs> Eve's Plum. So if we say, you know, this is a special flawed rewatchable series. Mm-hmm. If you had to say what the fatal flaw of this movie is, if you had to pick one, and it can't be this movie with Tupac in that lead role, it doesn't even matter what the right. flaw is because it would have been fucking awesome. My fatal flaw is he just tries to do too much, and you you compared it to an almond movie. Guess what? Those movies are fucking hard to pull off. It's hard They're to pull hard. off Boogie Nights. This is basically his Boogie Nights. And I think he's too young. And, may, and who knows if he was talented enough or not. I think he has a lot of talent. But yeah, to, to, John Singleton. Yeah, to pull this movie off mm-hmm. at this point in his career, I just don't think he could do it. You know, all the themes he has, all the actors, all the characters, you have about two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just a hard, it's a fucking tall task. And he 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 got there close enough that we're doing a podcast about this movie, and I've watched it a bunch of times, and I really appreciate it. I like certain scenes, but he couldn't he couldn't harness it. I think what you were saying about what your what a professor told you about an essay you wrote mm-hmm. is really true for this. And but but the thing I would say about that about that is well, that's just the work of it. That's just the job of an editor, right? Like to read what you wrote and to get you to to vary the tone or to calm it down. It's not like, it's not that you can't be mad. Right. It's that you just have to find a way to diversify the anger. Right. And there aren't enough moments in this movie where, where, cause like he is feeling the same thing that you were feeling, I guess, in the, in the piece that you wrote. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the, the movie's fatal flaw is, I mean, I, I feel like he, somebody should have been able to, because all the stuff is there, right? Everything is there. He has the giant meal with all the ingredients right. to right. cook. It's all there. It just needs to have the temperature taken down a little bit here and a little bit here. But it's so, it's so panicked. There's so much neurotic. And you don't really, when you think about like black art in general, I mean, we're we're more neurotic than we give ourselves credit for being. But the neurosis in this movie is so high and you don't immediately recognize it as that. But trauma is a form of neurosis. Mm. And every character in this movie, with a possible exception of Fudge, is walking around with some kind of trauma. Fudge is the realest Fudge character is, in the movie. Is, but like to, to, to the reason why I like I I went to a couple of different schools just transferring around trying to find out how well I was gonna do. And there's always a fudge. There's always, oh, a, always a fudge. There's always, there's always a there's always a guy who's been there for a while, knows the lay of the land, and is teaching the young fishes everything about it, and, and it's changing your worldview. And there's always a point <clears throat> in your life where you go, yo, if you got all the answers, why are you still stuck around here? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. you, like, where you realize that that guy is a little bit full of shit. I think one of the biggest things in movie making and filmmaking uh, it's trust. It's trust between the director and the the performers. It's trust between even the filmmakers and the audience that mm-hmm. they're going to pick up what it is that you're putting down. So you got to kind of get into your story. You got to get into your craft. And then you have to trust that you did a good job. I think that is 
lacking from the movie. You, when I, you say trust, what do you? Where would that be evident? It would be evident in how, like, how aggressive he is about his point proving from mm-hmm, scene to scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About how? Oh, he, you mean trusting himself? Trusting himself okay. and trusting what he's already put he's out. He's like twenty six. I get right? it. Right, twenty six years old. So, Listen, so I don't want to read stuff I wrote when I yes, was twenty six. Yeah, if there's a flaw to it, it's just that. Every single time you come away from something, you just feel battered by it. And it never just kind of, it doesn't uh, evolve on its own. You know, the fudge point is funny because Noah Baumbach's first movie, Kicking and Screaming, which is one of my favorite movies. Yes. That's the white person fudge is Eric Stoltz's character in that movie. He's the guy who's been there seven years as a bartender. Um, or like in Days and Confused, kind of like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Like it is fudge. fun. We should do yeah, a fudge all star. Yeah, right. right. There's like Best that's kind of like that. It, it happens, you know. Have those so, um, the movie was released in '95, just a few weeks before OJ's trial kicked off. <laughs> yep. I think it's really important to put that the climate, yep, the year, the climate, everything into context because this was a real racial awakening, and even for somebody like me in Boston when the OJ trial happened, which we've talked about. Or, you know, and it was like, well, he's going to go to jail, right? And all, I, <laughs> all I'm talking about it was the people I'm around. And what ended up happening was this like, oh, my God, they're cheering this. Wait a second. What am I missing about America right now? How the fuck did I know? I'm in Boston. Who am I going to talk about that with? Right. And yeah. just in general, Boston. the mid-90s were an awakening for a lot of people. And this movie really tries to get into that. Right. And it's like, look. You guys got to look around. There's a lot of shit going on right now. It wasn't an um, awakening in the mid-90s. America got kicked it, in their nuts. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> y'all were asleep. Y'all were asleep. I mean, right. we knew what that's was right. going on. <laughs> like, like, we, we, it was an awakening for the people who were asleep. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah that's right. what was going on. Fair like, enough. y'all got kicked in y'all nuts. Like, I mean, right. we, we were awake. Y'all were Robert <laughs> De Niro in that Penny Marshall movie. Fair enough. Columbus University based off the actual Columbus State University. Even Columbus University. It's too much. That's like. You don't need that. I mean, I get it. You don't need it. I get it, but looking back on it, Columbus University. This university is named after the evilest figure, the evilest symbol of world colonialism, the destruction of all of that yeah, stuff. But like in that. 1995, we were still celebrating Columbus Day weekend. I mean, we well, yeah, we were, but we were like, Mondays. I mean, on college campuses, though, and I it mean, was starting to flip. It colleges. was still a thing. Like, yeah, it, it was, was a, still a you like. Oh, Columbus! Are you gonna? Oh, you taking Columbus Day off? Right. Oh, but, okay. Excuse me. But like that, even that motif, like that deal, is like that's a big deal, right? Like that, and that, and that. When you look back on it, it's just like you know. That's kind of one of those things to where we, if you if you trust the story, if you trust what's right, happening, right. you don't need that. You don't need to. Kind I of, thought it was ballsier to do in '95 than it would seem now. Because now it's like that's an well, easy kind of case to make. In '95, I hadn't seen. But that imagine in a movie. what would have happened if he kept it. If 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 it, if, it, if he didn't change the name of the school and it was still Columbus University, but there was an actual scene. There was more than yeah. like the than the than the than the throwaway like acknowledgement that the that was a problem. Fair but enough. Like the name of the college was as much of a problem to the students and the student body and the school infrastructure. I mean, just think about the way Spike Lee's school days worked, right? Yeah. Where like the 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 tension in the movie between the administration and the students is is where the money where the money was either going to or coming from with respect to apartheid. Right. And it was, it was called, uh, that div- was calling on divestment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was a that was a huge ideological strain that ran through the movie and it divided the campus and it separated you know sons from fathers and it just was this there was no 
everything, here's the thing about this movie, all the, it's all surface tension. And at some point, the thing about surface tension is there has to be something undergirding it. And you have to be able to, you have to understand at some point that there are, there's a history that you can tap into, but you have to be able to, in some way, either visually articulate or have the characters talk about. And there's, there's, there's just not enough of that. It's all energy in this movie. Well, I'll tell you, Columbus State is better than what he originally called the college. What? Cracker State. Shut up. Oh. No, no, he wouldn't. No. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no. You believe that? <laughs> I was, well, you were going to have to back like, it up. What? Uh, uh, I think I made, went to that school, though. <laughs> I think I actually went to Cracker State. Made, uh, uh, well, you made it out. There should be a Cracker out. State. Right. Mm-hmm. It made $38 million, this movie. That's yeah. Not awful for Nathan. In today's Nathan. dollars, that's probably like Man, $50 million. He was, he was hot. And the, the Omar Epps, and even though Tyra Banks wasn't as big of a deal then, remember, Ice Cube was now becoming minted yes. as a as a movie draw, and all of that. He had some guys in it. Even Jennifer Connelly. This was easy. This is the first movie in a while. This too. this the thing yeah. to me that, that that I really enjoyed about the movie is like all the Jennifer Connelly movies that I had seen were movies that my boys had never watched. They never saw career opportunities. Yeah, they never saw like. Dark Crystal and what was was it Labyrinth or it was Labyrinth? She right? was Labyrinth. But she was in the Don Johnson TV movie. That's when I fell in love with her. Right. And so what was that? It was it was she was like the seductress of older Don Johnson. Yeah, like we was she called was like, like a, the Hot Spot something. Like oh, that. the Hot Spot. Oh, that, that was that, a movie. That wasn't right. a TV movie. Right. That was that oh, was a movie, was a movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was naked yeah. in that joint. Oh, I, I'm aware. <laughs> that's a Mr. Skin original. I thought it was like an oh, HBO movie. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh Mr. my lord! MrSkin.com so, classic. How many how many stars do you think Roger Ebert gave this movie? Three. Uh, he hated it, what, two? No, he he's a singleton guy. Three. Three stars. He, Three stars he, yeah, he almost Commended John Singleton. Yeah, it, 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 he, he, commends, wrote, quote, he commends. He, he commends. sees with a clear eye and a strong will and is not persuaded by fashionable ideologies. Roger, he had to have peace in his household. <laughs> his movies... <laughs> His movies are thought-provoking because he uses familiar kinds of characters and asks hard questions about them. This is what Singleton said about the movie all these years later. If you look at Higher Learning, which I was 25 years old making it, I'm like chock full of everything that would concern young people, lesbianism and racism and everything I could put in that movie. It was a great movie, a fun movie to do, but you could never get that movie made now. Never. The guy shoots everybody. Know what I mean? That was his take twenty years later on this movie. What, but like, what, at what point did he make that? What year was that when he said that? Exactly, two thousand fourteen. He might have had a point about the mat. Eh, he probably didn't, but I could see why he would have thought in twenty fourteen. Um, People wouldn't have been about, ready for the ending about the the, the mass shooting situation. You could certainly get it done now. Like you, you could certainly get it done now. But I, I get why at that point he might have felt like that. He might have still been wrong, but but certainly now. I mean, that's. That character is essentially Dylan Roof. Like yep. that, that character yep. is Dylan Roof, even in the way another scene, and when the, when this even in the way the police uh, or the campus security treat Remy when they oh, finally after, get him, yeah, after, they got yeah. Omar Epps who's right. trying to stop him. Oh, they they beat him they up. Beat, they beat him up and they got him in chains. Remy's saying it hurts. I'm sorry. I just wanted to be an engineer, and the cop is and in this I was riveted when I was watching the movie yesterday, and the cop is going, I wanted to build. I want to be an engineer. You can still be an engineer. Stop lying. She can't. 
okay. It's okay. You can still you can be an still engineer. Be you can still be an engineer. You just killed a bunch of people. You just killed a bunch of people. But you can still be an engineer. But you can still be an engineer. It's okay. You, you, uh, like, you've done something bad. You're not bad. We're not going to throw you away, which is a... And it didn't feel like a police tactic either, because I was watching it, it this like time. Being like, I'm like, no, this is not some police tactic. This is actual concern. I have uh, I have this in what's age the worst. Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> I just want to mention the cast really quickly. Yes. Ice Cube, Busta Rhymes, Regina King, Tyra Banks, Cole Hauser. Michael Rappaport during a really interesting Michael Rappaport stretch. Yep. Wesley and I were talking about before you came in. Zebrahead, post-Zebrahead. Zebrahead yeah. was like a real indie movie that I came out of that going, I like this guy. Then he's in True Romance. I'm like, I really oh, like this guy. I love yeah. that fucking character. And, yeah. That character, like, <laughs> I... True Romance was I great. I love yeah. that fucking character. So he's, yeah. and he's going through, and then he's in fucking Higher Learning. Floyd. He's right. in Beautiful Girls, and he had cachet, and the fact that he was in this movie... Mattered. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Connelly, Bridget Wilson before she became Bridget Wilson Sampras. Yeah, Christy like, Swanson. Pre, 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 when she pissed all the nerves, all the nerds off. Like we were off Bridget after Mortal yeah. Kombat. She, yeah. pissed us off. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She couldn't do. I just want to shout out this incredible Omar Epps run. Juice, the program, Major League Two steps mm-hmm. in for Snipes. Higher Learning, ER. Yeah, early oh, yeah. ER. He's yeah. the black that guy in his, ER. They were yeah. like, we need a black guy. Well, no. Well, uh, they had so Eric LaSalle. The they had Eric LaSalle. Yeah. Black guy. yeah. yeah. Um, Mod Squad. Oh, that was... That, that was... was the, that was, Okay, was I take back what I said earlier about this being... I mean, it's part of the piece. Mod Squad's but bad. Mod, but but Mod it was Squad, a thing when it happened. Mod Squad is bad, but he is... He has the thing that he doesn't have from this movie that Tupac would have given it mm-hmm. in Mod Squad. He's got... Like, that and Love and Basketball are the two Omar Epps... Well, there you go. Steps so he's got the wood. Mosquad was the a, wood. Love and basketball. Oh, the wood, yeah. That's wood, a nice the, nine year run. It, it yeah. is. Mosquad was the one where where it's Claire Danes. Yeah, that's yeah. the one where Hollywood decided that they didn't want any more of really him and of Claire Danes. Now he went on, but like, <laughs> like, like, seriously, like seriously, that like, yeah. there's always that movie, right? To where if you make that movie, like you're right there, right? Yeah. Um, and then if you make that movie, it's move that movie's a referendum on the rest of you. Like you're either gonna go to TV or you're gonna go do something. He's he's had a great career, but Mosquad was the one where they went, all right, you're not gonna be the snipes of the two thousands or you're not gonna be anything like that. Cause that film and they kind of did the same thing for her too. Was there a market correction with him and Tay Diggs one way or the other? Oh Wesley. Um who You know Wesley's theory of the market correction? Nah, give it to me. There can only be one sometimes. Oh, that was certainly true then. Yeah. That, that we just got over, as far as Black Hollywood, yeah, yeah. we got over that maybe like the last six or seven years. But the thing about, but you know my 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 wrinkle for Black actors, which is the racism is often the market correction, right? Mm. It isn't It isn't like one for one. This is why when listening to you guys talk, when we listening to you and Chris and Quentin Tarantino talk about Kings of New York and how Larry Fishburne was market corrected by Samuel L. Jackson. Right? So Samuel and, Jackson, he wrote Pulp Fiction for. Oh, I listened to the whole part. Yeah. It was fantastic. And that, and, that, or, or he wrote Fishburne, Florida for Fishburne, Sam Jackson took the part. Yeah. That is that is a legitimate, virtually racism-free market correction for Good black point. people. But with with Epps, Epps was competing with Lawrence Tate. Uh, the Postman was Tate, his movie where they, Diggs, decided they didn't want to fuck with him anymore. Um there might have been like Morris Chestnut. Was, I was going to say, I is mean, Morris Chestnut. He was in he's, there. He's lingering, but he he's was in this movie. He's in there. He comes yeah. back, does his man a solid. Then darks the under siege to dark territory gets him out of here. Yes. All of these guys have a movie. They, where people, where but, they, but, but the racism <laughs> of course is you right. can only you fuck, fuck up, up one once. time. That's the racist you, you part You get it. to make one mistake. The, 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 you, you one mistake. Anybody else. I remember Hollywood was 
determined to make Taylor Kitsch a thing to where he movie. They after just movie, wouldn't stop. Like, like, like they were Julia Ormond. I mean, just they, pick they, a person. What about Ryan going? Reynolds. Like, but he, but but <laughs> they he, kept going until they he just made kept it. going until until it's in stuck. the middle of that. He had the proposal, which made them go, "Oh, okay." But even before that, and the thing That's about Ryan movie. Reynolds, but you. It made a shit He ton had of money. enough work also, Ryan Reynolds, where like you as an audience member could see like in those Blade movies, he was the best thing in the Blade movie he, he was, was in. in. Well, yeah, because right? yeah. Yeah, that and movie was terrible. I yeah. feel like the thing about these other actors is they weren't even the stars of these movies. They were just like Morris Chestnut was just in Dark Sea. <laughs> right. Or, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just wasn't it wasn't fair. Who's the dude from the from the wire? Wood Harris? Wood Harris. He never, yeah, but he I, never, he never, he never even he got. Made, to, like they fuck, like I'll tell you what though, he Hollywood was is fucked up. Wood, Wood has had a great career. He was in the bench. He was waiting to get called in the game. Oh sure, like, Wood, Wood, Wood has had a great career. And I don't want to take anything away from the brother by saying, but Hollywood never has ever given Wood Harris his fair shake. And Wood has delivered. Wood delivered on the wire. He delivered and paid in full. Remember the Titans. Wood, remember right. the Titans. Like after like. It, they, they just never seemed to quite fuck with Wood Harris. I never really understood. There, well, Idris Elba. There were no parts. I mean, if you weren't making a sports movie, this is the thing. Like, if you, if you, if there's no police movie for him to be in, where he's getting caught by the police, he's not gonna be a cop. Dope dealer, yeah, whatever. Uh, if he can't be on a sports team, he coached can't be by in Fast and Furious. He's not like quite charismatic. But this, enough. we're not even there yet. Yeah, I mean, Fast we're still Furious, like yeah. we're still like in the late. We're like in the mid to late nineties, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in Fast and the Furious, I mean that started out. Well, I mean, it was still special, the first one. I, but it wasn't no black people but, in that. But right, what I'm saying, yeah, what I was going to say is, first one, like, yeah. Vin Diesel was well, pretty I, much Vin doing, black, doing yeah. everything. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a break, and then we're going to do the categories. Hey, with the new year in full swing and everyone still trying to stick to their restrictive resolutions, Pepsi wants to usher in the new decade a bit differently by encouraging everyone to unapologetically do what you enjoy, even in the face of others' judgment. Pepsi encourages you to let loose, be yourself, live your life like nobody's watching, like this rewatchables feed. Some people say to us, why haven't you done this giant movie yet? Why haven't you done that giant movie yet? You know what? It's a marathon, not a sprint, people. We want this feed to exist for the next five, six years. If we blow through all the biggest movies of all time, we're going to run out of movies to do in about a year. So we like to sprinkle it out. That's why we do flawed rewatchables. That's why we're doing higher learning. That's why Vision Quest and Ocean's 12 are going to be the next two. Maybe not your typical rewatchables choices, but you know what? We want this feed to last for a long, long time. We like talking about flaws sometimes. That's why you're listening to flawed rewatchables. Pepsi, that's what I like. Let's talk about Peroni. Italians know how to live life. Great food, familia, selling beauty and style around them. I spent Valentine's Day at my mom's house. My mom's 100% Italian. Made a big Italian dinner for us. Complete with rice pudding at the end, which I'm not even sure that's an Italian thing, but she claims it as an Italian thing. And that's one of the lessons I take from my Italian heritage and my mom's side. Claim things that might not necessarily even belong to you. Well, we can do that with Peroni as well. Now that is a legitimate, it belongs to the Italians. You can claim it here in America. Look at look for Peroni for your next happy hour as the Italians go at Aperitivo. Find it in cans and bottles at your local grocery store. Follow them on Instagram at Peroni USA, Peroni Italia. I wish they had sponsored Godfather One and Godfather Two. It would have been great to have them. Whatever you do, do it beautifully. Peroni Italia for people over the age of twenty-one only. 
2020 imported by Bira Peroni International, Washington, D.C. First category, most rewatchable scene. Hmm. Not as not as fertile as this category I usually is in the flawed rewatchables, but Dang. I have a couple. Ice Cube and the gang crash the party. That's mine for revenge. That's, that's mine because Ice Cube. That's mine. Ice Cube is Ice Cube just looks like he know he knows. Like no, we talking about crash the party when they beat them up. No, the At first when, time they crashed the party. Oh no, oh, mine is the, mine is the, the second one, one. when yeah. they take cri- poor Christy Swanson over. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's got- a great, that's the best sequence in the movie. What the fuck, man? Just like, put my you? Boot in your Come on! Mouth. I heard you've been disrespecting black women. What? No, man, I haven't either. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. yeah. You call me a black bitch and you're gonna get your ass kicked. No, come on, man. Look, listen, listen to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? Apologize to her. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yo, fuck that. We need to just bust this shit. No, no, listen. What? Come on, please, please, man. Please. Shut up. Here's what I want you to say. What you say, I apologize. Because that you feel like is building. That is an that's a building block scene where from there things should start to narrow a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Where there should there should the, the campus should just be focused only on this incident, right? We have a we have a rape and we have a an incident house. of like of racism and it culminates in a frat house this is the point at which the administration gets involved and administration becomes a character not just Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne becomes like a like a wedge character within the administration debate right yeah. and then the campus starts to splinter like along different political and ideological lines based on the two things, the two incidents, right? Regina King being called a black bitch mm-hmm. and Christy Swanson being raped. Right. This is, the, this in, this scene is to me in, in the, in the other version of this movie, the thing that, that like, that sets it up. has the tension yep. that it leads to the end of yep. the movie. Hmm. He can do I'll, anything he wants before this scene. I'll tell you this, some great ice cube in this scene. Yes. I, I absolutely yes. love Ice Cube in every scene in this movie. And he's yes. going to be coming up a lot over these next few characters. Next rewatchable. Cole Hauser wins over Remy. Huh? I said me and my buddies were going to go get a drink. You want to come along? What are you, some queer something? Huh? What? What are you talking about? I should kick your ass, man. First off, don't ever touch me again. I will beat you to the fucking ground, boy. Secondly, you know, I ain't no faggot. <laughs> I just want to know if you want to get a drink, that's all. Sorry, man. It's a new city. Nah, it's okay. You know, I understand. Listen, we'll forget all about it. We're going to go have a drink. I got a couple of good people, good friends of mine. We'll have a good time. What do you say? I think this is a really well-written scene. Yep. Remy's hit rock bottom. Yep. He's got this guy coming up to him. I almost think the guy's propositioning him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but he realizes this is what he does. He walks around campus and he looks for people who just seem down in their life. I mean, luck we also don't know. You know how some of these, you know how some of it works. I mean, he wasn't not not propositioning him. True. Who knows there, how it goes? There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's some I, of I've read some of the reports of. Right. Who knows? Who, who knows how it happens? But, but in that scene, though, I think well, the reason why <clears throat> prior to American History X, Cole Hauser to me had set the bar as far as the white nationalist in film. For and me. Ed Norton just, just yeah, re- redefined it. It's yeah. the best. But but even but but in that scene, he is he's charismatic. 
Yeah. He, 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 he identifies with him. He is intense. He is exactly what the leader of that gang would have to be to prey on hopeless, weak, yep. out-of-place kids. And you see, you in that movie, you could see why, me watching that as a black guy, you could see why he joins that skinhead gang. It, yeah, it, Marlon Brando, fake Marlon Brando just came up to yeah, him and like yeah, asked him to join, right. join the gang. See, you can see why. It made sense, you know, so was it, that, that was a fantastic scene. Um, the scene where Malik confronts Remy, I mean, it's a little TV movie-ish, but it's really intense. Can you duplicate the, the mean, run the that door? Omar Epps does to get to get to the dorm room? Remember that run? I mean, there's like, there's a way, there's like a 90s style of fighting and running that no longer happens anymore. Yeah. Where like the it's fight, like the fighting is like, mm-hmm. it's like they're dancers <laughs> and they're just like, like I can't, my body can't do, can't right. punch the way. I, I think Omar Epps is really good in that scene. He is. Well, the scene where he shows up at the door. Yeah, and he goes in and the, the first of all, he try, Michael Rapport trashes the room. The roommate comes in, like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, so you're talking about the other? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about that part. Yeah, okay, yeah. When, uh, and then Omar Epps comes in cause, and then pulls the gun on him and the whole thing. Rapport's good. Get on the floor! Hey, fucking relax. Get on the floor! Relax. You're not white. You're Jewish. You're nothing. You're not me. What are you going to do? Huh? Uh, the outdoor lunch, bar- lunch brawl. That's Followed me. by Ice Cube saying, one beatdown will never compare to 439 years of captivity. But his whole vibe in that. Where did he get his math? They on this couch you sitting on. Them shoes you got on your feet. This building. This school. This country. You. We behind enemy lines, dog. One beatdown will never compare to 439 years of captivity. Never. Well, that was just be, that was the thing, that was the thing then. Four thirty nine. Just don't. It's not. Yeah, it's not worth okay. doing. But that's an interesting. That's an interesting. Number. Well, he's going back to the fifteen hundreds, isn't he? And yeah. I gotta say, well, um, the start of colonialism and the invention of. Slavery. I'm not. I'm not really challenging the number, but I. <laughs> I I a little bit am. Okay. Some faulty math. There, um, there's some scholarship now to like actually. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last one. Look. It's not rewatchable. It's fucking grim. But the school shooting, that that whole scene in Rappaport, the fight scene with him and Epps, and then him getting away, and then racist campus cop telling him he could still be an engineer. Um, when Omar's choking that's a really him, gripping yeah. twelve minutes. When Omar's choking him, it's great. He's, he's, he's really he's doing this thing. Yeah. It's like like you're gonna die. She's dead. Like he, you can tell he seems overcome yeah, with grief. It's a good thing. You gonna die? She's dead. We'll kill you. And that's the thing with Singleton. He did have great stretches like that, that you're just like, nobody's getting up from the theater during that 12 minutes. You know? Yeah. Like, it's like the picnic sequence, the family reunion sequence in Poetic Justice. Oh, yes. that's a fucking fantastic the Poetic Justice. I mean, the, 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 that, like, that with, sequence with my, is one of the, that is a fun, it's, it's a great like, sequence. To me, see, this, this is the thing. Everybody's calm. Like, this is, things like that, I know that it can't save it, but things like that are why I can't look with sort of a, a negative glance at those movies. That is such an unbelievable scene. Yeah. And this yeah. movie has some of them too. Like that, like with Maya Angelou, she's talking to everyone. It's just so great. I mean, it really nailed it. There's an, there's some, I mean, energy is really important in movies, uh, at least to me. And there's something about, I mean, that's a long stretch. That's a lot. That sequence is, is pretty long. And there's a lot of things that happen during Even at it. the beginning. Right. Like, they got barbecue over there. It's only for families. Like, we black. 
We all family. You know what I'm saying? It's right. just like stuff like that. It's just, I, I, I love that. I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's just it, there. But again, like there, this movie, Higher Learning, it's not interested in, it's like it wants the opposite tone of, but there's no stretch where anything that happens in this movie is as beautiful or as persuasive as what, as what happens during that stretch in, yeah. uh, mm. in Poetic Justice. All right. So we think Ice Cube and the gang crashing the party was. The most I actually scene. thought you were talking about the fight, but no, that scene's probably the best. Okay. Scene That's the best sure. scene. Yeah. What's age the best? So Singleton gave an interview in February 2019 before he died, tragically, uh, where he said he remembered when Fudge asked if Malik would stand for the national anthem despite the that, country's racism. Singleton yeah. said, I watched the movie recently and I was like, whoa, I can't believe that I was on that back in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no bullshit. Blue. My I couldn't believe it either. Mind. I didn't remember that initially. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Like, blew my mind. First, you're asking an athlete if he would stand for the national anthem. They're playing the national anthem. Everybody stand up. You going to stand? I'd probably be so embarrassed that I would. I was I was watching it yesterday, like, freaking the fuck up. You had a football game. Thousands of people there. All of them white. The American flag is right above your head. They're about to play the national anthem. All these people turn around and look you dead in your eye. What do you do? I stand up. <laughs> you know, I'll probably be so embarrassed. You know, stand up, you know what I'm saying? So I was going to do this later and probably unanswerable questions, but I'll do it now. Did Kaepernick watch this movie and get the idea? <laughs> Not inconceivable. No, bro. I think, I think Cap right. came up to that with that one on his own. Remy's, uh, Remy's evolution, which we discussed, I thought aged. I thought they that's the best structural thing he does in this movie mm-hmm. is really set mm-hmm. up how this guy ends up doing what he does. Yeah, because Malik, meanwhile, just goes from, from zero to Huey Newton. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, I like Malik's Columbus speech just because I thought I thought that was one of the better Omar Epps mo- acting moments. I mean, it's a little little hammy, but yeah. uh, Ice Cube, everything, the fro, I... which so when you're talking about what stage the best, the fro in in '95 was not really a thing. Like yeah, that he, that was that was a well, statement he was in that movie, though. right? right. Yeah. Like Ice Cube had the fro. No, he said in the in the research that he, he grew it, grew it out yeah. more. Did he? Yeah, yeah. but because he had the, he, he still had the, the character out of the fro. And he just cut like the he Jerry had, curl hadn't been around. Like yeah, the, well, yeah. he he cut the Jerry curl. No, yeah. the fro was like a big thing for him in this because mm. he wanted he wanted the character to have a real identity. And in movies at that point hadn't really had that. Um, I have a real tough time with Ice Cube. Okay, let's hear it. I mean, it's all personal. It has nothing to do with Ice nothing Cube, with acting. So. Okay, uh, no, I mean no. I well. <laughs> We're just what do to, you guys think Ice Cube is We're Cube's here to criticize him as piece, an actor. Piece of acting is. Boys in the Hood. Yeah, Boys in the Hood. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Boys in the Hood or either Triple X State of the Union. It's between <laughs> those two. <laughs> I'm just fucking with Bill's. Bill's like searching this and I'm just joking. No, I was trying to think of how much I like that movie and I think the answer is I did like it. Triple X State of the Union? Did you? Yeah. Okay, really? right. I didn't mind it. Three, three Kings he's good in? Yeah, yeah, but like, like three, like three kings is gonna. But boy, but boy, boy, it's got, it's got to be. Better. It's it's boys in the hood. Okay, yeah. Friday. He's here's the thing about Friday. He's he's dope on Friday, but he's 
so much of the heavy lifting in Friday is being done by Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's playing the straight man, doing it well, though. Cube and Omar talking about college sports. I'm not going to say what Cube says, but I <laughs> oh, said sure, it. Man. Yeah, um, yeah. Malik, when he talks about being black in college and he says the way these fools be tripping when they see a black face, he's saying that to Fishburne and he says, just because it ain't up in my face, that the, that don't mean it's not happening. It's less physical now. It's more mental. You know, I thought right. that was an interesting part. Yes. You should take his own advice. Take his own awareness. I hadn't, but I hadn't seen that specific point made in a movie before. You know what's interesting about yeah. the Lawrence Fishburne character in the movie too? That he's, he's, doesn't really work he's from the Caribbean. Well, okay, but, 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 he's okay. West Indian. He's, he's either he's, he's West Indian or he's right. it doesn't work. Made he's, him West he's Indian. Supposed, made him West supposedly Indian. he sounds South African at times. But like, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing about about that character is that character exists. Like that guy existed for me in college, and what it was was like. It's a real thing as far as the perspective of an immigrant who's come to America and sees it as this big pot of opportunity. And they're telling you to work harder and work harder and work harder. And the general, the generational institutionalized racism that you've been given and how those professors relate to you. And like that, those conversations, like I remember there was a guy that was telling me when I was on the yard, when I was on campus. I was asking him about stuff. He's like, what was your ACT score? I told him the ACT score. He's like, why didn't you get a 36? I'm like, well, that's a perfect score mm. on the test. He's a brilliant Nigerian professor. I'm like, that's a perfect score on the test. He's like, can you do it? I was like, maybe if I studied every second of every day forever, I could. He was like, okay, until you've done that, you haven't done enough. And there was a fundamental difference in the way I saw America, which was something that um, I was accessing something that was owed to me and owed to my ancestors and what he was telling me. And when I watched those scenes back post-college, yeah. like I saw that conversation happening and it was a real thing. No, it's an ongoing. I mean, any 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 African-American person who is friends with either a first generation black American um, from somewhere in the diaspora like the the ways in which like either they will confess to you things that were told to them about us about us yeah or things that that they have only learned to know to be true mm-hmm. by being here for a long time right. right um i mean the great thing about for instance just sydney Poitier's stardom for instance right sydney party born in well born in the us a bahaman bahaman by by everything else you know parentage and and upbringing Comes to the U.S., you know, is determined to make it as something, becomes an actor, and doesn't really experience the racism that, that you know, our ancestors experienced until he has to perform it in the movies. Right. Right? And, and so his, his learning how to be a Black American is through scripted racism right. that then because he becomes this extremely famous person begets its own like he learns it in right. raising in the sun right. And stuff like right. That. right 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 um it's just a fascinating difference i mean the, the 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 Lawrence Fishburne character has to be in order for him to function credibly somewhat credibly in this movie he has to be he can't be a person who could have been Omar Epps's dad he couldn't be furious he couldn't styles. be Sam Jackson couldn't be furious he style. couldn't be furious style precisely he had to he is as much as they like, he Furious Styles is giving talks on gentrification and stuff like that. This guy isn't concerned with that. He's concerned with 
How, what are you going to do with the opportunity that you This is have? a great country. Take the most you can take, take from yeah, it. And, and th- that is a, a conversation, a real yeah. social conversation that happens in the community. Had it two time. weeks ago. <laughs> what, uh, another what's age the best. I'm I'm done with this category. This one. Skinny, weird hair, Michael Rappaport. Really interesting actor in this movie. Yeah. I thought, I think he's could, could, maybe could, like could legit good in this. Yeah, he's good. He's great. Yes. Like, I don't know if it was Oscar-worthy, but I no, think it was a no, really no, hard no. part. There's a lot of physical— the, he, he nailed the part. There's a lot of, like—but— It's a part that, d- put it you, this way, could have gone really, really badly in the wrong hands. That mm-hmm. sequence at the end, like, his body doesn't know what to do. Right. Like, if something— But I think he's supposed he, to be, like, a yeah, dork. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like a never—he's just like a— You guys. Kind of, a, a, you so, guys. Nerdy, he's a nerdy He can't bastard. even open the door. Like, there's something— There's something <laughs> the weird the funny he's going on yeah. with his with his physical presence during that sequence. Um, also, when he's standing around, there's a lot of scenes where, <laughs> like, like, where, like, Rappaport is in— There's a scene where he goes— Right before in the student center or something, I don't exactly know where they are. And, and, and Adam Goldberg yeah. and 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 Omar Epps are playing pool together. Is it Omar Epps? No, it's, it's Jason Goldberg Wiles. and the guys. Yeah, the two white guys. Oh, right. Yeah. So they're playing pool, and there's a shot. There's some shots that are just of actors standing, and yeah. the actor isn't giving you or doing. It's like a like the wrong take they used. Mm. And Rappaport is just he's just literally standing there. Nothing is coming off him. Well, the reason, but he's but he's I, supposed to be thinking. Well, no, he's being a weirdo. Right. Yeah, like I, he, I think like, he was just trying to be yeah, weird. Like he, he, I'm with him. In this particular point, he can't find his thing. Like, he he loses in the game. He goes, yo, man, you want to play again? Like, do you want to be my friend? Do you want to be my friend? Do you want to be my friend? Then he goes over to the pool table, whatever, and he's just, he's leering. He's watching them play, wishing he could be a part of it. And then when they actually ask him to play, he goes, nah, man, I, I can't play. I was just watching. So he's just like a But he isn't even, I don't even think he's watching. I think he's looking the other way. There's something, there's just something <laughs> technically <laughs> weird about that Can we go to what's age the worst? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's age the best is the Kaepernick aspect of this. That is sure. just an yes. unbelievable outcome. What's age the worst? The opening credits are absolutely abominable. And oh I just can't God. fucking get it. Like, I, I oh. can't believe they happened. That, 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 that's I feel like he was making shaft. That's like, like that, black exploit. I'm like, it, that's I, literally because I had to buy the movie on Amazon. And when it started up, I thought I had got the wrong shit. <laughs> in reality, Stanley, terrible. Stanley Clark, uh, one of our great musicians, not not here. The uh, <laughs> right. more what's age the worst? Tyra Banks sucking Omar Epps's nipples. Not sure I needed oh, that. Wow, that didn't was, need the, didn't, I saw that. Wasn't I, that, for that, the nipple I, sucking. I'll be honest with you, though. But that's you, one of the things I always remembered about. That okay, movie. great. Like, well, <laughs> but but that was when but that was when people actually so did have as close to the sex as you could get. Like that was that like this this movie before think, we had intimacy coordinators. I think Jade is maybe the last movie oh, where Shout that out. that movie might be the end. But but for Rita any time any time characters had sex and they kissed or anything, the kissing was real. They wanted to make the, it seem like you went at it. Like the nipple sucking was real. Mm-hmm. And I remember Boomerang. I remember watching Boomerang oh, with my grandma. Right. Oh, yeah. And my grandmother was it like— It didn't have to be that good. Yeah, like like Boomerang and Harlem Nights, both of the time, my grandmother was like, that's real tongue she putting on him. What are they doing in these movies? Are these movies blue movies, son? Like my grandmother would watch, but they were really going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know my theory on Boomerang. <laughs> no. Very dramatic. What's up? Robin Givens. Oh. Done dirty. Or she throws. She throws for like five hundred and thirty yards and seven TDs in that movie. She's, <laughs> wow, yeah, she's great. She's great. She's like I don't understand why she wasn't a bigger star. 
Because of Mike Tyson. I mean, first of all, Th- that boomerang is post Mike Tyson, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The stank, the stank was on her, and I, just, I never and heard I a actually, good word about Robin Kennedy. Like, maybe that's she what happened. In her reputation, I also think, and I don't know if you feel this way. I know among black people, black people had a tough time with Robin Givens. They did, and it was. Well, that's what happened, I guess. All I know is in that movie, she jumps off the screen. She, I mean, she was she's wonderful. She, she's like, hotter than Halle Berry I was, in that I was movie, in love which with is her. impossible. I was in love with her after that movie for a long time. And also, she played a confident, yep. successful, assertive, sexy black woman. And it was it was it was right there. They 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 made her kind of into like she, Marcus, you're not getting too attached. Too attached to me, are you? I've seen that movie a lot. Yeah, or, or was she when when like he's made the whole dinner for? Let's her? let's save it for the boomerang we watch. Right, cool. But I will say uh, nobody's no. We had never seen that. Now that woman is common. That character in was popular culture. Character. That, that was the for, nobody had ever seen anybody do anything like love. that before. Um, the impact of Jennifer Connelly Chris, kissing Christy Swanson mm. has aged the worst for this reason. Oh, in 1995, that was like a big deal. Yes, it was like whoa. Mm. They're kissing. Now it's like, like yeah, you could see that on yeah. 40 cable channels. But, but here's the thing. They didn't do that in movies. I, but you know what? It's aged the best in a weird way because it's not exploitative. I, I mean, Agreed. he shoots it in a way to represent a state of I'm mind. I'm just saying it's aged the worst for the impact that it had in 95. Oh, sure. Now it just seems it normal. Now. But there's same a, thing for Basic Instinct when Sharon Stone kisses her well, whatever that roommate is. Different story. And it's like, whoa. Roxy. Oh, Roxy. Yeah. Yeah. Roxy. Roxy, the great, the greatest character of the 90s. <laughs> Roxy. I love Roxy. She's Roxy just like, fuck this. I'm running this guy over <laughs> yeah. in my car. Yeah, I, lo- I love Roxy. I Roxy. take this guy out. Roxy, Roxy. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I love Roxy, man. That's one of my favorite movies. Roxy, I, I, never really seen again. No, I never saw Roxy. Michael yeah. Douglas says to... What? what Lay- was, I saw Roxy in something What is her name? Liesel? Liesel? Layla? I saw her in something else. A uh, couple more S-Link. What's Age the Worst. The whole conversation about email, when Ice Cube is making oh, it seem like, like charging, sending yeah. an email is like Oh, yeah, the he's most a Kinko's. Crazy. You got to give me a quarter per email. Yeah. He's a FedEx that Kinko's, that's right. Uh, the soundtrack. Oh, Bill. The, 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 song, the song that plays over the credits is the worst Ice Cube song I ever heard. I think the soundtrack, the closing credits. When you compare it to like closing credits, like I, I I never heard that song before. I don't remember like having heard it. You compare it to the iconic "Above the Rim" soundtrack a year before. Jesus, this era of here. That's some of the best music that's ever been made. Yeah, yeah. That that that, like why wasn't the higher learning soundtrack? Okay, yeah. 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 This was an era where even like this is 1995. This should have been amazing. Had fantastic soundtracks, even when the movies weren't. Was Judgment Night that was that 95? Oh, Judgment Night with earlier. one of the that great was like 92, 90, 92 ish. Okay. Right. All right. Well, that, that, anyway, great yeah. so it has Liz Fair, it has a good Tori Amos song, it has a bad Ice Cube song, and not really much Liz, else. Tori Amos is, Liz Fair and Tori Amos are all over this movie. And at first, I thought he was going to limit it to just the Christy Swanson scenes and then maybe the Jennifer Connolly scenes. It was very 1995. But Tori though. Amos Lilith, is all the, over this Lilith movie. Lilith Fair era. Though. Yes. Like, this it's is the like, beginning of Lilith Fair. Yeah. So, so like, speaking of Connolly and Swanson, apparently the studio. Maybe it's it's before Lilith, actually. Is it before Lilith? Lilith is 97. No, Lilith's 97. Yeah. yeah. Lilith's 97. Well, um, it was a build up to what would this become. Is, this right. is when yes. Alana starts breaking out, yes. Cheryl Crow. Like, it's, we're starting But, but to right. have that much Tori Amos on a soundtrack. For that movie <laughs> with that director, Take I mean, he, he, anyway. So the Connolly Swanson characters, apparently there's a lot more that they cut that the studio is like, we went too far with this. Get rid of this. 
the mean the relationship? relationship? Yeah, the relationship. Hmm. That makes so sense. That's I'm why it's surprised. kind of tight. It's the one holding hand scene and mm-hmm. a sex scene. But and it's like we're good. They like. I'm not going to say they were right to do it, but I got I got what I needed to get. That like there was a real thing that the, what they had between them was real. She found somebody that she could trust in a college sort of yeah, way. Yeah, that, that that made her feel like safe and all of that. And one other born. what's age the worst? The the white supremacist. They're basically cartoon characters. I don't know why they he had to play it that are, way. Though. No, I know, but they could have been in Black Klansmen. Those same. They could have been a dudes. tiny bit more. They had the big Jack dude from the program. I fuck yeah. with him. Like, <laughs> no, that's not him. the guy from the program. That is Latimer. From the no, program. it's not. That's got to be him. It is not. Are you sure? That's the guy I am played, positive. He that's was Leatherface, right? I am the host of the Rewatchables, and this is the kind of shit I look up. <laughs> so that's, I look that those shit are up. Two different guys. That's not Latimer. Two different guys. Are they? In any way related. related? Are we sure about this? I am positive. You're positive. I am hundred percent positive. I looked it up because I was like, what's this guy's name? I love this guy from the program. And it's like, no, not the same guy. Oh. Okay. Well. I promise. I wouldn't lie on the rewatchables. He's terrible. Uh, so what's age of worse? We'll go opening credits. Casting what ifs. We mentioned Tupac. There's a whole thing about if Leo had played Remy, Michael Rappaport was gonna play the Cole Hauser part. No, doesn't work. Rappaport? No. Uh, I don't think you can pull it off. Wesley, you're going to love this. John Singleton's original choice for The Professor? Oh. What's it's Sidney Poitier. Oh, that's... that's, that's Sidney that, Poitier. But that actually works. That's like... Yeah. In, Sidney said no? Second choice, Dustin Hoffman. Ooh. <laughs> I wonder... Well, well okay. it could have... I mean, this it, could it, be a Tupac situation. It, but it looks... It's, it's a little weirder... Dustin Hoffman wanted a lot of a white guy. Yeah. Yeah, he'd have to change. He'd have to rewrite the part. It wouldn't make any sense. Dustin Hoffman's like, yeah, I'm going to be in this this black director. I'm going to be in a <laughs> movie and I, it's college and there's racism. Um, <laughs> Sam Jackson mm. was the third choice. That would have worked too. Uh-oh. And the studio said, no, we actually want Lawrence Fishburne. So uh, it was a reverse oh, market correction. Yeah. You're fucking wrong. It is him. No, it's not. It says right here. That the 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 higher learning he plays Nako, and in the program he plays Steve Latimer. This is the guy. Of course, it's the guy. Shit. <laughs> That's no bad way. information. There's no way. Look, it's, 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 What's the guy's name? His name is. You can't, it's a lot Steve of Steve Polish. Andrew Andrew Brianowski. Of course, it's it's got. There's no way I can. And he also I specifically looked this Batman up. Returns. And I don't know what's what a loss for taking me. Taking a CBD supplement. <laughs> Huge loss in this podcast. <laughs> uh, Vivica A. Fox was considered for the Tyra Banks role. Oh, should have gone with it. Oh yeah, that was like, like, like young That was a whiff. Should have gone with it. Bad but mistake. But why? because he he had a crush on Tyra Banks. That's yeah, he the answer. I don't know if this is true. I want it to be true. Singleton originally wanted Gwyneth Paltrow and Juliette Lewis for the Christy Swanson, Jennifer Connelly. Oh my God, another Tupac choice. Juliette Lewis <laughs> would have completely, again, let's just, let's, just, let's just play this movie out with the, with the cast that we've, some of the people we put on the table. Tupac. Tupac and Sydney Juliette Poitier. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Tupac and, this is Juliette Lewis. No, no, no Pete, I think Juliette Lewis would have been the Jennifer Connelly character. Oh, Juliette. Oh, oh, and Gwyneth okay. Paltrow, Paltrow would have been Christy Swanson. Swanson. Early Paltrow. What had Paltrow done? Not but she, but Not she, famous. Hook? Nothing. She, 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 she was in Hook. She would have. She was in Seven. She was in Emma. Seven's she after this. No, seven. No, seven is same year. Earlier. Same year. Seven's ninety. Seven is in ninety five. Man, yes. what's in the box? 
Yeah, yeah, seven's ninety. What's in the box? So no. that would have been. I mean, what's she in the made, box? What's in the fucking box? Fle- flesh and blood. I mean, it's flesh and bone or whatever that movie is. Yeah, she would have. She would have again. Like just Juliette Lewis. It just would have changed everything because the style of acting would have been different. Tupac There's is an, an instinct, alternate universe version of this movie right. that's fucking Tupac amazing. Tupac is instinct. That, it's, a, like, honestly, like, one of the best and movies in the that, just, that, I still look at the movie and I'm like, oh shit, there's Rip from yep. School Ties. Yeah. Like, I still look at the movie and still It's still see, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, right. what's what right. of like the, the young Hollywood stars at the uh, time? Some other quick categories. Best That Guy, a.k.a. the Joey Pants Award. I guess we'll give it to the guy since he was also the guy in the program. Which I messed yeah, up. That's big loss for me. Runner up was Jason Wiles, the uh, oh, the yeah. other white guy who had a nice little run. He was in kicking and screaming and had a big 90210 character arc. Mm. And then I don't know what happened to him. Super grungy in this movie. Hey, if you purchase supplies for a small to mid-sized business, Zorro.com, Z-O-R-O.com is your go-to resource. You'll find all the things that keep a business running there, no matter what kind of business you're in. Tools, safety equipment, cleaning, maintenance supplies, office shipping, automotive, industrial equipment, and more, including the specialty items you can't find anywhere else, whether you're shopping for an office factory, contracting business, or machine shop. You can get exactly what you need, and when you shop at Zorro, you'll find brands you already know and trust, like 3M, Prestone, Stanley, Black & Decker, Schneider Electric, Rubbermaid, all competitive prices. Want fast-free shipping? It's yours when you spend $50 or more. And if you have a question, a return, or need help finding exactly the right item, count on Zorro's customer service team based right here in the U.S. Z-O-R-O.com slash rewatchables. Sign up for Zmail. Get 15% off your first order. That's Zorro.com slash rewatchables. Zorro.com. All you need to make your business go. Vincent Hanna, they knew award for best overacting. Oh, there's only um, one winner. <clears throat> It's Michael Rappaport. I see, I see. I don't agree. I don't agree. It's got to be a specific scene where he overacted. Uh, the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't agree. Um, I don't agree that it's wait, Rappaport. Yeah, we're outvoting you. Yeah. Wait, is no. this the very end? It's my world. It's my country. It's my world. It's my country. It's my world. You're nothing but a monkey. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a man. I'm the man. I'm a man. I'll tell you why that scene works for me. It works because... Because <laughs> I can see somebody saying I can see, it. Not, yeah. Number one, I can see somebody it saying it. It seems realistic. And at this point, he's so stressed. He's not thinking rationally anymore. He's just regurgitating rhetoric. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's just regurgitating That's, rhetoric. All right. <laughs> all right, y'all win. Are you sure? Y'all win. <laughs> Come on, what is it? You sure it's not Malik right after he finds out Tyra Banks is dead? Oh, nah, that, that, that's a that, rough 40 seconds. That one, that, yeah, that that's one a rough 40 it. seconds of acting. Though. You know, you, things that haven't aged well, the tomato soup that's coming out of her mouth, that oh, is yeah, really not when pleasant. I saw that. I was Ugh. like, yeah, that looks terrible. You know what the best Ugh. actor scene in the movie that's is? That's not pleasant. The best? Yeah. Adam Goldberg, when he comes and sees his room for uh, yeah. He's what like, the fuck? Like, like, what, what are you going to do? I'm going to kick your fucking ass, man. Like, and he's trying to talk to the guy. I thought he was perfect. Like, yeah. I'm going to kick you. I thought he was perfect in that scene. I'm like, shout out to Adam Goldberg. The Dion Waiters Award for best heat check in the movie. Busta Rhymes. Yeah. He's made, made a few threes. Got mm-hmm. a couple rebounds. Really dials it up. No Yo, what the fuck you talking about, white boy? What the fuck you calling gang members? You know we go to school here too. All right, all right, enough. Fuck the fuck, come over there and rip your ass off them stairs. All right, now you. Just he's, he's one note. Too you don't need him for up. too much. You just need him for 
three points for he's he went on to reprise the role in Shaft years later. But uh, yeah, he was he was good, man. It was good. Who would you give it to? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it to Busta. I mean, I see why you're giving it to Busta. There aren't a lot of options. A and B. I just feel like like (laughs) the what he does in this movie is so indicative of what what needed to be turned down. Because there's no, I don't know. But, but, he's, that's, the, but he's the rah-rah. But that's all I know. I get it. That's all point. It's, it's a heat check. Also, John how long like, had he been in college? Because he looks like he's 30. Yeah, he was old. <laughs> Do you think Busta <laughs> finished scenes and Singleton was like, it was good, but. Give me a little bit more. Just oh come dial on. it up three notches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, mm. Recasting couch. If you had to recast one part in this movie, we already covered that. Mm. Half-ass internet research. Um. We covered a lot of it. The sniper scene was based on the Charles Whitman incident at the University of Texas in 66. Very on the nose. Both Cole Hauser and Michael Rapport are Jewish. Mm-hmm. Were? Yep. Interesting. Um, Cole Hauser, deep industry ties, family-wise. He's a, he's a Warner's brother. He's a Warner Brothers. Oh, for real? And, a, and an Affleck Damon homie. Uh, yeah. Singleton. I, um, almost happened for him, too. Singleton asked Rapport not to hang out with most of the cast. Because he wanted him to feel isolated. That must have really hurt his feelings. So here's what Rapport said. I was such a fan of Omar Epps and Busta Rhymes and yeah. Cube. I remember Omar Epps had gotten an early copy of Nas's first record, Omatic. I remember walking by their trailer and they were listening to it. I was so jealous. Right. Just like at the pool table. Yeah. He, he wanted to be a yeah, part he, of he, no, wonder so, he, no wonder he was mad. <laughs> and then uh, this one bummed me out. I didn't know about this. Um, Swanson is now one of the entertainment business's most oh, yeah. vocal supporters of Donald Trump, waging daily campaigns on his behalf on social media. Never knew it. Getting messages of gratitude. That's why she's a second-tier buffer. Apex Mountain. <laughs> Omar Epps. I'm going to say love and basketball. Omar Epps. Uh, the peak of his career? Peak of his career. Peak of his career. His love and basketball. Probably love and basketball. Love and basketball. All the wood. Love and basketball. All the wood. Rapper He had a you, good ER run. He was very the good ER on thing, ER. The ER thing probably mattered more to most people when you asked them what Omar what Omar Epps is for. All right, let's go with that. Yeah, but Rapaport. Could I get this? I already know what my what is it? Zebras. Oh man, it was it was Bamboozle? your it was your HBO <laughs> show <laughs> where he shows up and wants to like give you the Tom Brady definitely not his business. Apex <laughs> Christy Swanson, but this or Buffy? This a uh, Buffy. Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mid nineties college campus culture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's either this. It's or, pretty. Act- I gotta PCU? say though, it's pretty accurate. Kiko nine hundred two and zero California not, University. Maybe it's not the peak. It's probably PCU. PCU? But like this is the not un. This is not unrepresentative. Right. Busta. Well, about him. in the movie Apex Mountain. No, high, nah, uh, not, belly. Like Busta's not in belly. Is he not in belly at all? Mm-hmm. Busta's not in belly. It's DMX and Nas. Well, you could. He's not in belly at all. Busta Rhymes? Nah. Oh, all right. Um, I take I'm, it back. I'm trying to think. In movie wise, I mean, there aren't a lot of options. no. It's nah. got to be everything. It's probably this. I, I would say Buster? no. Nah, it's not Apex Buster. Nah. John Singleton in the movies. No, he's just a Buster Rhymes. Period. Oh, in general, oh, no, it's no, not. No, no, not even no, close. No. I'm going to make the case for John Singleton, even this? though Boys in the Hood is by far his best movie. Well, how could this be Apex John Singleton? So Apex Mountain. The concept is when you're at your apex, peak of your powers professionally. 
and creatively. Oh, well, then and you really, have the most juice, yeah. and you can get the most done that he wants. in the hood because it's his first movie. Because yeah, because he well, didn't have the juice. Yet. I think Rosewood is his. Apex. Rosewood would be there too, but I will say that this though, I will this say sets up Rosewood though. But but I would say that the only the only argument to be made by it because Rosewood is John Singleton's second best movie to me. That's a great movie. I, I agree with that. that movie. But I, I would say that here he was as a director a little hotter than Rosewood. And the only reason why I would say that is because Rosewood came out the same weekend that Booty Call came out. Yes. And I remember him... <laughs> that was a huge thing. Chastising. He was very upset. I remember him chastising people for having gone to see Booty Call uh, over Rosewood or something. Like, I remember him making a thing about it. Yep. This and, wasn't a big deal in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, and John at his peak just wouldn't have had to do that. Because right, yeah. everybody was running they out, of out of They would have They would have got out of his way right. also. Right? I feel like Higher Learning, actually. By the way, if, really he'd made, if, if he'd have made Rosewood when he made Higher Learning, he his career would have yeah. been completely different. Yeah, I agree. Picking so, nits. We picked a lot of nits already, but um, why is a six-year senior fudge r- rooming with freshmen? There's a lot of problems. Yeah, it's like this. some stuff that's going a, on. That's not happening. But also, it looked like they had private residence halls. Like, it was like a private um, type of deal. Wouldn't more people have gone to jail in this movie? There's, oh yeah, a pretty confirmed date rape. Okay, the, they she doesn't oh, nothing she happens. But, there. but, she, but she she doesn't press charges. Right. That's yeah. part of the thing. Yeah. But I, doesn't why. Regina King step up for her though? No, no. Regina King, King steps up. That's the black bitch overrides yeah. the the rape. Jennifer so Conley she asked her, "Do you want to go?" But at that point. That they talk know. about the underreporting and things like that. She goes, "No, it's just gonna make me feel." I shitty feel like by ninety five, they they were more active. With I'm that saying stuff. that there's a way that you handle that differently, but the way this movie handles it, I kind of, I mean, I believe it. Right, Man. I believe it. Jeez. I was disappointed though when they got to that party to to beat up the the frat. I don't. Boys. I just don't feel like that paid off the way it probably should have, right. considering the, she had literally just been date raped right. a right. hour earlier. But, but another thing about that scene is she had been date raped, but by the time. They get to the party. It's completely not about that. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the thing that disappointed me about. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's why I'm picking nits. Um, The cops are so bad in this movie. They're so veered toward the white people that even in that last scene, as we talked about earlier, that that head campus security guard who's a fucking racist asshole. You can still be an engineer. He's like genuinely doesn't want Rapport to come stuff. It's like this dude just shot like seven people outside. Why are you so? I will pick nits. But in reality, they took Dylan Roof. That's a documentary. That's a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> That's a documentary. And I would pick this with it, but in reality, they was took- Dylan Roof after this though? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 so way yeah, yeah. So what I'm just saying is that I can't really pick this with it because, because it happened. Okay, eh, you know what I'm saying? Um, could this be remade as a ten episode Netflix show? Is the next? It's called category. Dear White People. They yeah, do it already. Yeah, they do it pretty well. I actually think somebody could do this as. But I don't know. Dear white people it's really understand how college works. Done, yeah. It really it so is. So there's no room left for higher learning. That so the answer no. is no. Um, probably unanswerable questions. Did Fishburne's accent work just as a movie accent? It was confusing. It was not good. He he was like from four. He was all. He, you, you, he was the entire African diaspora. You guys said Caribbean. I always thought he was supposed to be like a Nigerian or a Ghanaian professor or something like that. I, I didn't know. I, it's well, just, I thought he was. Do you think I he brought that African. to the first day of filming, and he's like, "John, how about this accent? I'm going to try it." And Singleton's like, "Ah." Yeah. I feel like he knew Sydney said no, and he wanted to give it a little Sydney flavor. Okay. The end says unlearn. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a real Spike Lee move. It is. 
Is it too much of a Spike Lee move? Spike. Shout out to Spike, man. Too much of a Spike Lee move or an homage? Maybe a it's, little homage. It's both. There was a thing okay. there. It's I both. Oh, of you course. Know, like he's like right on Spike's corner. What's Spike's reaction to that? To what? <laughs> Unlearn. How te- well the you question is like, like, dude, I'm right here. Right. <laughs> Come on. But Spike, we've never confused Spike of really knowing how to end his movies, right? No. So so no. <laughs> it so, is. So it I is. mean, Spike, you know, Spike unlearned is one thing, but bouncing the basketball uh, where out of the prison where the other guy catches it. Like it's you know, so this is light work for Spike. Spike's laughing at that. Spike's like, I, I could do that worse than that. Who won the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love I love Spike, but Who come on. Who won the movie? Who won the movie? Who won the movie? I think that the finalists are John Singleton and Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube won the movie. Ice Cube? Yeah. I think Ice Cube comes He's a away. Great character. He comes away with the most concrete character, the most understandable, relatable character. And he is the only character who at the end of the movie has his character resolved. He finally graduates. I, vote, yes. I also vote for Ice Cube. I would accept John Singleton though. Even though it's a flawed movie and it's the kickoff of the flawed rewatchables. Wesley's like nobody. There were no winners. Well, no. I mean, it's something more abstract, though. It's not like, I don't think anybody in the movie won the movie. I think it's sort of more conceptual than that. Like, it's it's like... Uh, Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> well, then that that's a that's not a winner you want, right? Like, that means racism won. Right. You Good know? point. Um, I don't know. I don't object to Ice Cube. I just feel like Ice Cube... Ice Cube just sails through the movie. I feel like nobody has ever tried to rank this boys in the hood is the only wrangling anybody's really successfully attempted. And those kids in, in are we there yet? Like, <laughs> like there's really been no, I would, I mean, I don't think he really wants to do it at this point, but like, I would love to see ice cube taken somewhere as an actor or like asked to go somewhere. Cause now, you know, well, the race in the his race, 50s now, I'm not yeah, sure. It's yeah, happening. I, yeah. I don't, why not? Look, I would, I, I I personally think Ice Cube is one of the most natural charismatic actors on on, I, on screen. I think his son. That's why is I his, like Triple X too. Oh right. <laughs> I think his son is kind of his market correction now. I feel like you think so. The oh. son is great. The he's, son, he's really good. Oh, he's 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 also good in Justice. That's Mercy. our guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge Laker fan though. Gigantic yeah. Laker fan. Gives me shit. I've seen him multiple times, and each time it's just he gets adversarial in a fun yeah. way right he, away. He's like, o- oh, man. O'Shea Jackson. What about my Lakers? He's, he's also like a good, he's one of, he's just like a dude that you want to kind of just kick you with. He's just a good guy. He, but that is, that is a mark to me of a certain kind of star. And I hope the movies let him do a thing that is different from what the movies asked his father. Well, as you know, we love him on the rewatchable. He's Because we did Den of Thieves. Which was shocked. <laughs> the these rewatchables? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Huge fan of that movie. Uh Wesley really? Morris, Van Lathan, this was a barrel of laughs. Thanks for doing this. You guys did dinner things. I can't get you to do Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, that's a great movie. You knew it was I'll set it out. Ooh, <laughs> Thanks, I guys. Love Scott Pilgrim. Please. All right, thanks to Van and Wesley. Thanks to Pepsi with the new year officially here and everyone vowing to restrictive resolutions. Pepsi wants to usher in the new decade a bit differently by encouraging everyone to unapologetically do what you enjoy, even in the face of others' judgment. Like me wanting to do Vision Quest as a rewatchables podcast. People judge me for it here at The Ringer. They're like, when did that movie come out? Well, I'll tell you this, my friends. It's the greatest wrestling movie of all time. And it's going to be one of the next rewatchables we do on this feed. Pepsi, that's what I like. See you next week.